0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray, and I'm your host. And today, it's just me. I am coming at you with some thoughts and things that I wanted to talk about regarding our blog post this week. On Tuesday, we unveiled a po- uh, blog that was all about our definition of mental skills and why mental skills are needed in um practices, and games within female sports, and all sports, really. Um, We define mental skills uh, a little bit differently than maybe what you're used to, or for those of you who don't know what mental skills are, we're happy to give you our definition. We define mental skills as evidence-based social-emotional skills and strategies to help players perform better in sports. Other people might call it it mindset or psychosocial or social-emotional leadership skills, but for us, we term all of this stuff as mental skills. And we feel that it's really important that mental skills are infused into everyday trainings consistently and deliberately. And so our blog post was actually talking a little bit about why mental skills training is needed. And previously, we've talked a lot about how mental skills training is needed for the most part because the youth sports systems that our children play in. Are, are, are not always the best systems that are created. They're not always with the child's development in mind. But today in this blog post, um, we were kind of veering away from just that one reason and opening it up to some other reasons why mental skills um, are, are the training of them is really needed. And some of those other factors that we wanted to talk about were parenting culture and technology. So we go into our blog post about, we start with parenting culture. So, you know, I'm older. When I was a kid, most of the parents of people my age, I hate to say it, but I'm 40. But most of the people my age, when we were kids, our parents didn't grow up playing youth soccer. And soccer was not a sport that was super common for our parents to have played in their childhood or even in their teen years. So most of our parents growing up didn't know a lot about the game. They didn't know how to help their child. They didn't know the pathways to get their child's high levels. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm generalizing right now. Um, but nowadays, most of the parents, including myself with three children, um, I, even though I played at a high level, level, many of my friends didn't. They played at some point. They played in their childhood or their youth. And they're familiar with a little bit of the structure of youth soccer this is coupled with the societal pressures that are placed on parents today um, i'm a parent of three kids and i feel this pressure every day i feel the pressure to not make a mistake to do exactly what i'm supposed to by societal standards and the hardest part is there's no classes that you take before you become a parent. There's no license you need to become a parent. You use the tools that you have in who you are and the experiences you take with you from your own childhood and parenting experience with your own parents. And you couple that with some, you know, everyday safety knowledge and and expertise to provide the best situation you can for your own kid. And that might look different for many different people there's no right or wrong way to parent. But in today's societies, there are definitely standards put on you as a parent that you feel that if you don't do them, you will be judged, shamed, looked down upon. And as a parent, it's really, really hard to not um, feel that judgment, to not feel like um, how your child is as a human being is a direct reflection on your parenting and having three very different kids, whom I've tried the same types of parenting practice on, those tactics don't work the same on each child because every child is uniquely different. And so, I think what's really hard is this notion that there is a right way to do things in the wrong way. And in certain instances, absolutely, in others, it's very, very gray. And so, what we're finding is parents tend to attach the successes of their children onto the status of themselves as a parent. And we see this a lot in youth sports culture, specifically in soccer, and very much so on the female side of our sport. When a player does really well, or they get the college scholarship, or they make the first team in the age group, parents then feel that they have done everything right. Um, There actually becomes more of an elitist mentality, sort of just an overall, you know, know know-it-all mentality and behavior that some parents take on. And that then relates to how they view the coach, how they treat their child differently. And it becomes this vicious cycle. Um, And I think the hardest part is, it's really hard to not get caught up in all of it. It's really hard to not um, feel like but, you know, you want to be involved. Society tells you if you're not involved, you're a bad parent. But I do think there's a really, really fine line. And I wanted to bring this up because I thought it was so great. But we follow I Love to Watch You Play. Um, I Love to Watch You Play is a blog and a website created by Asia Map. If you're not familiar with it, absolutely go check it out. It's I Love to Watch You play.com And this specific week, she actually came out with uh, the 15. 15- signs your child is on an elite team. And it's sort of a, just sort of not a knock to parents, but definitely a check to see, am I, you know, am I helping or hurting my child? And kind of giving some of these stereotypes as to whether or not maybe you are too involved or, or not. And I think because society tells us to be so involved, we then go above and beyond. We become the helicopter, the snowfall, we mow over all the options for them we are doing all the communicating with the coach for them we are critiquing the coach and sitting in every practice and and then going to the doc and talking to the doc about how the coach could be doing a better job even though we've never coached and we don't even know soccer so it becomes a vicious cycle that me as a coach um, and as an educator and uh and a social emotional coach has seen very much from the other side too so Asian Mapes, are you an elite sports parent? check is a great way to see, hmm, let's find some balance back in this of uh, the parenting side of uh, parenting an elite female athlete. So here's her 15 signs and, and sort of some things to stay away from if you're not sure if you're being that helicopter parent. Now, again, not here to judge, but also to let you know that some of these um, stereotypes that we're about to reference are definitely hindering and hurting your child. In their executive functioning and social emotional uh skill sets and then we'll go into that in just a moment so number one appearance matters uh she goes into saying avoid the temptation to dress like a super fan and she goes on to say you will look like a larger member of your child's team and that's just ridiculous so if you're a parent that's constantly wearing all the gear from your child's club routine maybe take it down a notch number two she says, you know, get it out of your head that you're ever going to be able to step on the field and play. Those of you who might have played at a high level, your your days are over, the glory days are over. So try to put them back on the shelf. Number three is one of the biggest ones we see at female footballers, which is you are not the coach. Don't coach from the sidelines, don't coach at tryouts or practices. It makes not only the other parents uncomfortable it makes the coach very uncomfortable and it even is really hard on your child um, that, that can be really really hard so sitting at every single practice is is not necessary uh, she says number four be friendly with all the parents even parents on the other team you know just just be kind number five be early 15 minutes early is early Being there right on the dot is actually late. She says, number six, um, coaches are busy. Many of the coaches you're dealing with coach way too many teams. We can get into that on another post, but most of the coaches in these clubs are coaching too much most of the time because they need the money and coaches' um, salaries aren't always, at least in the area I'm in, are not always the right enough salary for them to live in the area that they are living in. And so just keep in mind, they're busy. Sometimes they have multiple jobs and don't text, email or question them unless you are finding an answer that can help the whole team. Number seven, be positive about the team. Praise not only your own child, but other children. Number eight, um, team practice is not a spectator sport. We already mentioned that. Drop your kid off, come back 15 minutes before the end. You don't need to sit at every single practice to critique either your child or the coach. Um, number nine, don't overspend, overtrain, or overprepare. Those are red flags that you are overcompensating. Number 10, after every tryout practice or match, please tell your child you love to watch them play. And you know, even when they play bad, you can still say, I love to watch you play. I think a lot of parents feel that that's too cheesy, that's too little kid. I'll be honest with you, most of the girls that we work with are 10 and older, oftentimes 15 and older, and those are the girls that need to hear I loved you, watch you play the most, and they're the girls that often don't hear it ever. So keep that in mind. Um, Those are kind of the top 10, I'll stop there, um, because I'm not here to, again, I'm not here to judge you, but I am here to let you know that the reason we're bringing this up is as parents, we have wonderful, loving intentions for our children but some of the behaviors that were just mentioned are behaviors that are actually hindering your child. When you're overdoing it, you're actually causing them to lack executive functioning skills. You're not familiar with what executive functioning skills are, just to define it, they're mental processes that enable us to plan, focus attention, remember instructions, multitask, they filter distractions, they help us prioritize tasks, set and achieve goals, control our impulses, And this is coming from Harvard, if you don't believe me. These executive functioning skills are hindered when we're overdoing it and we're taking over for them. So if your daughter is 12 and up, she should be the one talking to the coach about a problem. Empower her to do the communicating. Stop taking over and trying to run it all for her. Um, We're also seeing that technology, let's move away from parenting for a moment. Let's move into technology. Technology is here to stay, whether we like it or not. Most of the time, technology is not policed, the internet, social media. There are not enough parameters and rules around it for our youth. We have to set those and every family is gonna set different parameters for their family and their children that work for them. That being said, a lot of girls and females have um, access to technology and whether or not we find it okay or not for our own children, as a whole, in general uh, terms, we're seeing that a lot of technology use is hindering the social and emotional development of our girls. Um, Social emotional skills are defined as um, processes which young people and adults um, apply knowledge, skills and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions and achieve personal collective goals, feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain supportive relationships and make responsible and caring decisions. So again, back to the beginning of this podcast, we talked about how the youth system is one reason we're seeing a lack of mental skills happening with our youth, that they are lacking those skills. We, This podcast are talking about our blog post where we also mentioned that parenting styles and technology are also playing a role with these the lack of mental skills. We're defining some of these mental skills as executive functioning skills, social emotional skills. Now, you might think none of this matters to you. I have an elite soccer player. She's going to go play in college and pro and yada, yada, yada. Great. Good on you. But I'll tell you, even if your daughter is 12 and you haven't seen any of this matter yet, it will. And it's better to give preventative time to some of these things and to really think about them now than to wait till there's a problem. What keeps happening is girls go through their teenage years, they then this whole time have not been learning appropriate executive functioning and social emotional skills. They get to the collegiate level. It's trying to slap band-aids on bad habits that were created and give them these skills later. And they're having to play catch up. And at that time it then hinders their soccer development in getting any further. If the ultimate goal is to have longevity in sport to love the sport so that you stay in it long and you can, um, you know, achieve all the goals you set for yourself, then it's important to put in preventative measures to help your daughter right now. So one thing you can do as a parent is to check yourself. We ask our girls to have self-awareness, to know when they make mistakes on the field, to be aware of their surroundings on the field technically, tactically, physically, to take care of their bodies, to make sure they're putting an extra time in their technical skill. We're asking them to be self-aware at really young ages, yet a lot of us parents are not self-aware of how we could be being a better support. Instead of assuming that you know all, check yourself. A lot of parenting, the problems that we see in our relationships with our children are often the triggers that we have are often things within ourselves that we need to then work on. And the more we work on ourselves, the better we're gonna be for the people that we're taking care of. Um, and so, um, that as a parent, you can set better parameters around technology so that you feel that you have better connection with your young person. So this is just sort of, um, you know, recapping our blog post. We wanted to make sure that you read it. We want to know your thoughts. Um, And I'll be very, very honest with you. A lot of this stuff is a little over heads of traditional clubs and coaches. It's not something that's being stressed in the soccer world yet. And we are seeing clubs, teams, girls all deteriorate in these skill sets, which does have an effect on their ability to become a successful leader, successful functioning human being as an adult. Um, an empowered female athlete. And if we keep not putting time and effort into this, it's just going to keep going in that downward trajectory. So, what we hope is that the soccer world takes note of what the education and uh, the education system in America is already doing post pandemic, which is implying, in, you know, kind of putting in place social emotional learning skills within the curriculum at schools. We're seeing this is a big push and it's an important push because the data that is there, it's showing us that it's needed. For some reason, the soccer world and the youth sports world is a little bit behind and we need to play catch up right now. So if you are a coach listening to this, a parent listening to this, a player, a director, whoever you are, start taking this seriously. Do the research. It's there. Reach out to us, ask us for insight, for help, try one session with us and see if you gain anything out of it. But honestly, don't wait any longer. We are seeing the suicide rate go up in female athletes. We are seeing that on the female side compared to the male side, we have higher levels of anxiety, higher levels of depression, higher levels of withdrawing from family. All of this is because we are lacking mental skills. Now, again, mental skills is this umbrella, and underneath it is executive functioning, social, emotional skills. And there are many reasons that it's lacking. It's not just because of parenting or technology, it's also the soccer system, so there's many things. But stop just complaining about it. Stop just wanting to, to note all of the problems and start finding solutions female footballers is one solution. If you don't trust us, find somebody else. We care so much about this that we just want you to find social, emotional, or mental skills curriculum for your daughter, whether it's individual, whether it's for her team or her club. There are not that many organizations out there doing this. We are are one of them that is specific to girls. if you're listening to this, hit us up already. What are you waiting for? If you have questions or you maybe disagree with things that we have to say, we want to hear from you. Reach out, email us, write it on our social media platforms. The blog is up on our website. Go write a comment under there. We want to hear from you and tell us what you think, good or bad, agree or disagree. We're throwing this kind of stuff out there to get the conversation going because the conversation needs to be happening more often and we need it to be louder for the people in the back. So hopefully you enjoyed this quick little episode. If you haven't read the blog, go check it out and let us know your thoughts. Thank you so much. We we will come back at you with another podcast soon.